This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. 2NURFM 103.7 and this afternoon we're talking travel. Sally Lucas is with us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Todd. And we're going to be looking at the Cook Islands, but also you've decided that we've had enough doom and gloom. I have. It's like a shark feeding frenzy when the press and the television get hold of tragedies. And this has been a tragic week or so with, you know, Thailand and India, and we understand that, and the, hopefully those countries will resolve their problems in due course. But there's a whole big world out there, and we're not all fighting each other. A lot of us are quite friendly, even, believe it or not. Well, there are a couple of us who get along okay. And we'll... Yeah, and I just thought, you know, and, okay, we've had, a, you know, the interest mortgage rates drop, that's a nice little bonus, and there's a few people out there with kids getting $1,000 per child, and fuel prices have dropped, so it's not all doom and gloom. And maybe after a, a very tough year, now's the time to get away and have a bit of fun, so you're going to have yeah. a look at the Cook Islands. I am. The reason for that being is Brooke, from our office, has just come back as guest of the um, Cook Island Tourist Authority. Mm-hmm. They took a group of travel agents from scattered throughout you know, New South Wales, basically, uh, to introduce them to the Cook Islands. Um, mainly they're worried that they're not getting enough traffic from Australia. Um, their main traffic, believe it or not, comes from America and um, Europe and then New Zealand. Um, so, yes, we're sort of lagging a bit behind. Well, we're savvy with Fiji. We're savvy with Vanuatu, yeah. Tahiti, New Caledonia, but the Cook Islands are just... It doesn't conjure up on anything. On the radar, no. I, it was always called, when I first started in the, in, uh, in the industry, a poor man's Tahiti. And it's very beautiful, so therefore if you've conjured up an image of Tahiti, conjure up the same image and you're in the Cook Islands, but it's not quite as expensive. Excellent. And it's a group of 15 islands. Um, It's basically a Maori culture, very similar to the Maori people, and a mixture of basically a Maori race and a Polynesian race from the Society Islands is uh, where it you know, the, they all came from originally and, and landed there. Um, and again, like most islanders, extremely friendly people, always got smiles on their faces. Yeah. And singing is such a wonderful part of islanders' life. Even if you don't like church or you're not religious, but to go to a church service oh, where all the islanders singing, and, and they're off and running. The voices, they could just lift a roof, you know. It's amazing. Okay, so for Australians who don't know a lot about it, if we had to compare it to, say, a Fiji or Vanuatu, where does it sit in relation to that? Okay, um, well, Vanuatu is one of my little favourites, of course, and I guess it would sit somewhere like Vanuatu in that respect, that it's not a big town. Rarotonga, which is its capital, is not a big township. Mm-hmm. It has only got two ATMs. And if you go north to Aitutaki, which is considered um, it's a 45 um, kilometres of a lagoon, it's one of the largest and most beautiful lagoons in the world, and it has been written up as such. Um, Katrina Roundtree raves about it every oh, you time. You know how I feel about Katrina Roundtree. If she says it's good, I'm going. And she even went there for a honeymoon. So there you go. You missed out on that one, though. Yeah, what do you do? I know. Never mind. But, yeah, so it's developed a lot, even from when I started in the industry. It was very much simple little bungalows and two- to three-star accommodation. Well, now it's come right out of that. And along Muri Beach, which is one of the main beaches on Rarotonga, you've got um, beautiful boutique-style hotels now with, with nearly all villa-style accommodation and some with their own plunge So pools. they're not going high-rise? They're not doing a no. Hawaii...? No, not at all. Okay. So it's very low-rise. You've only got one main road around Rarotonga. You can hire a scooter for about 90 bucks a week. You can hire a car. The currency's NZ, and we're still about $1.17 there, so we're still winning. That's a good exchange, yep. Isn't it? And so you've got a couple of ATMs there and a couple of ATMs in Aitutaki. The, and it's not just... Um, I think the image with Fiji sometimes is just you're sitting there and you're not doing much. 
maybe you're doing a little bit of snorkeling or something. Because mm-hmm. Rarotonga has a lot of interesting treks across the island you can do. There's so one, a bit of adventure kind of yes, travel, yeah? Um, yeah, lots of kayaking. Again, the, the whales, they migrate past the Cook Islands if you're there at the right time of the year, and they do. A lot of the islanders knew how they're swimming with the whales. Um, and there's a, a nature walk called Pa's Nature Walk, and this mm-hmm. guy apparently is a real character. He's 63 years old, and you go on this nature walk for three hours, and he gets you to ta- taste rather plants and medicinal properties and he's a character and he's got blonde dreadlocks now can you picture a a cook islander who's got very dark skin with blonde dreadlocks and he said to brooke oh it's natural he said i've never peroxided it he said it's just that i eat all the coconuts yeah now i don't know whether you want to believe that story or not so you've got some characters there as well she actually did a trial scuba dive which she'd never done before and did she love it yeah she said it was amazing and and the fish i've seen some of her photos they did a little dvd the coral and the fish and mm-hmm. you know just just amazing so i think just put cook islands on your radar you do have to fly via auckland and that sometimes puts people off because it's not a direct service well that was going to be my next question we know that there are deals to get to vanuatu we yes. know that there are deals airfare wise to get to fiji yes but as far as flights are concerned australia new zealand new zealand Rarotonga. That's right, which means because we don't have a through service, your fares aren't quite as attractive. But if we start building up our numbers when they can afford to put on a direct service, well, then mm. we'll help fares improve. Which is excellent. So, you know, consider it. I mean, you can always break your journey in New Zealand as well if you want anyway and have a bit of a break in New Zealand. Again, we're still winning, as we said, with the dollar. New Zealand's a beautiful country. Cook Islands are beautiful. Very, very idyllic beautiful food you can have lovely rest little restaurants right on the beach um, that you might imagine like where Bali have had Gee, they just look like nothing yep. but you go in and the food is beautiful sounds like a good so, idea Cook Islands friendly place Two new RFMs talking travel thanks to our sponsor Travel World on King Sally Lucas is back with us this afternoon and we're looking at the Apple Isle Tasmania we are and talking about overseas we can go overseas Tasmania's overseas, isn't it? Well, yeah, technically. Yes, <laughs> technically, it is. Lord, and you don't need your passport. No, and look at Lord Howe, the Barrier Reef Islands, they're all overseas. Yeah, it's true. So we've got plenty of overseas destinations just right near home. Do you find a lot of Australians still don't realise how beautiful Tasmania is? Oh, I think so. And I think they always try to compare it with New Zealand, which is very unfair. Um, New Zealand's two islands are so opposingly different with a thermal, you know, area on the north. Well, warmer in the north, and, cooler and, in the south and kind the, of thing. Yes, and the wonderful mountain range and the fjords and, you know, and it's much further south than Tasmania. I think it, people often think and don't look at a map and note where the South Island is as opposed to Tasmania. It's well, they lower. do, but they're flat earthing it. Well, they're looking at it thinking, well, hang on a minute, but but (laughs) it's kind of rounded and it kind of slips down a little bit closer to the South Pole. It does. But look, Tassie is a beautiful place. And I thought today we'd talk in particular about the area of the Freycinet Peninsula and Coles Bay. Now, if no one knows where that is, it's on the east coast of Tassie and it's about equidistant from Launceston and Hobart. It's about two and a half hours from each. Okay. Because Tassie's only small. So, I mean, but don't think that you can just do it in a few days either. There's a lot to see and do in Tassie. And that's a mistake a lot of people in including myself, have made. You go to a place and it appears small and you think, oh, we'll duck here, we'll duck there, we'll duck there. And all of a sudden you realise you've just totally Mm. haven't allowed yourself enough time. No, completely. And I've only talked to someone about that the other day and they said, look, I really thought I'd seen this particular area, but I realised it was um, Sicily, that's right. And you think of Sicily again, you can get around the whole of Sicily in about five hours. But the more you see, the more you realise there is to see. That's exactly right. And you've got to just dive off all these little byways and highways and and discover pockets. And you do one of two things. You either see a lot of a little Mm. or 
a little of a, a lot. lot. And either way, mm. often nine times out of ten, you you regret that you haven't yes. seen what you want to see. So this part of Tassie has got a lot to offer. It is actually one of the um, – it was the first national park, actually, um, named as a national park in Tassie mm-hmm. about 90 years ago. And it's absolutely one of the most beautiful beaches. It's listed at Wineglass Bay. And you've got pink granite mountains, this beautiful curved – protected sheltered bay so you can do anything from like a short half hour walk a two-hour walk to the lookout um the combination ranges from absolute you know top of the range four star down to camping um driving to me is a good way to see tassie it's a good way to potter and pull into these places be kind when you're at these places tassie does have a problem with water and within the Freysenay area, they don't have a large, they've got very low rainfall. So they ask you to be very careful with water and, and you know, even if you bring water in, if you're camping as well, um, you know, and not so wash cars and boats and do anything silly. It's one of the things you don't think about as uh, an outsider in Tassie, you would think they would get a lot of rain. No. But no. And they do have a problem with water. I know a lot of people have found that the taste is quite abhorrent to them and often it's discoloured even though it's not got a problem it's just obviously it, it's where it comes from a I suppose yeah tanniny yep. and they suggest you boil your water in a lot of these areas too so just be aware you know we always say you know walk carefully but don't leave a footprint behind sort of thing you know yeah. and but it is a beautiful national park and again as we were discussing with the cook islands it's there's a lot happening in this part of tasmania you can go abseiling you can go kayaking as i said the walks are magnificent you can do long walks like of two and three days or you can mm. do anything from a half day that includes finishing up at a beautiful restaurant for lunch yeah doing a wine and food tasting yeah that you sounds know. a bit nicer than four yeah. days hiking yeah but tassie now you know you think of the wines that come out of tassie and also, you know, the cool climate wines like the Pinots are just beautiful out of Tasmania. And the food even, you know, you keep reading articles and they are getting written up all the time, you know, their food and their wine. So it's got a lot and it's very old. It's a very old part of Australia. Well, it is. And I think for so many years, people's attitudes were, if you want to go somewhere sophisticated, mm. you didn't go to Tasmania. You'd, no. you'd, you'd pack your walking boots and your your water bottle, and that's mm. what you do. But that's really turned around. It has. And, I mean, you do have well-known, well-renowned walks there, like Cradle Mountain and the Bay of mm. Fires Walk and so on. But, you know, even Strawn River, that's the most magnificent river. And you can go on a seaplane and land on the river, then they take you ashore and you do a walk along. And that's wilderness area, total wilderness. You can only get in by seaplane. So, you know, you've got to remember that Tassie's got a lot of wilderness areas, a lot of old, ancient convict-built bridges that are beautiful. The first penal settlement was at Port Arthur. Well, that's the thing also. People think apples... (laughs) <laughs> Cradle Mountain and Port Arthur, but there is so much more. There is so much more. And just keep Freysenay National Park in, in your mind when you go there and devote it a little bit of time. Don't just think, oh, you will just pop in on the way from Launceston to, to Hobart. You know, Swansea's probably your nearest major village to the north. But, yeah, it does need, it's got lots of beaches. As I said, you can do hiking, you can do walking, you can do camping, abseiling, boating, fishing. You know, it's one of the favourite national parks for Tasmanians. It gets 200,000 visitors a year just from local people coming and going. There's only 201,000 people in Tasmania. But, I mean, 200,000 including visitors, but a lot of them are local people uh, because it's their favourite national park because it's got so much on offer. Best time of the year to visit? It's, it has a pretty temperate climate on the East Coast, um, but the best time really is, I would suggest, um, any time from late spring 
through until early autumn. Nice. And that's a nice time to go. I mean, Tassie, you can get cool any time of year. You can get a cool night. I've been there in March, and we went up Mount Wellington outside Hobart. Yes. Had a whiteout, two-thirds of the way up, and the bus couldn't continue. Same thing's happened to me. It's been 26 degrees in Hobart and freezing cold at Mount Wellington. So you've just got to be a bit prepared for all seasons. But, you know, if you're travelling around in a car particularly, you can just have a jacket thrown on the back seat. It's there. You know, throw it on if it's necessary. But Tassie is one beautiful little state of Australia. Sal, thank you very much. Thanks, Todd. You have a great week. Join us next Friday after the 1 o'clock news for 2 and RFM's Talking Travel. Thanks to our sponsor, Travel World on King.